Hello friends, welcome to Beyond the News 77. I'm Jim Grant. Coming up on today's show, a possible cure for AIDS. We're going to be looking at the two biggest events of the global news, the Russia-Ukraine conflict and the Canadian truckers demonstrations. The Daily Mail's gone off on the, the words mum and dads again. Pharmaceutical products getting into our rivers the New York City went through with the vaccine mandates. But, oh, and um, Epstein's mate has been found uh, hanging himself again, just like Epstein did to himself, I'm sure, again. <laughs> Tulsi Gabbard on the Tucker Carlson show, that and much, much more coming up on today's show. So let me begin by addressing both the Russia and the Canada situation with what I think is going on. And let's go back to the World Economic Forum. And this is Klaus Schwab, the man that wrote the book The Great Reset. And he is telling you how he has, in his own words, penetrated governments around the world with their belief system. And he's going to name some of the people that he has, in his own words, penetrated. So here we are. When I mention our names, like Mrs. Merkel, um, even uh, Vladimir Putin, and so on, they all have been young global leaders of the World Economic Forum. Mm -hmm. But um, what we are very proud of now is the young generation, like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, um, President of, of uh, Argentina, and so on, that we penetrate the cabinets. So yesterday I was at a, at a reception for Prime Minister Trudeau and I would know that half of this cabinet or even more half of, uh, half of this cabinet are for our actually young global leaders of the world. Great. Form. And that's true in Argentina too. Wow. Yeah. Sorry. That's true in Argentina as well. It's true in Argentina, and uh, it's true in France now. Mm -hmm. I'm here with the president, with a young global leader, but what is important for... So there you have it. Uh, Putin, Merkel, Macron, I think it's Ahern as well, and Trudeau. I don't think he named Trudeau. Oh, do forgive me. YouTube just started going on to another video automatically. So there you have it. Uh, Vladimir Putin and all such things. Now there are those that say Putin double-crossed Schwab. He's not part of the Great Reset, but I uh, I think he is. And the end result of both Trudeau's actions of vaccine mandates and Putin's actions will be to further the agenda of the Great Reset, because the Great Reset is all about controlling society. You will have you will own nothing and you will be happy. And controlled. So in Canada it fits the control one and in Russia. Now you might have noticed that the UK energy bills were starting to spike over the last sort of few months really. They're going up massively before the Putin situation. So here's what's going to happen. I, I told you why that would occur because in, in France it did not. Energy we have energy companies that own energy supplies both in England and in France and France said the government set a cap Macron set a cap and people say well if Klaus Schwab owns Macron why didn't he do that because the French would you've seen how the French protest so already they were they protested it and he had to bring in that cap Britain we haven't been going on our protests um, you can expect the British public to know that they are, you know, how would the British protest? We wouldn't, we, you know, the, the trucker thing. Or, and you can say, yeah, the mandates have been dropped in Britain, so there isn't that kind of um, fire burning in the Brits, I suppose, called the mandates and restrictions have been dropped. And that is a big part of it. But there would have been no trucker movement in the Britain. Britain's protest would be everyone would come around at one point of the day and they're all all at once go that would be it that's all that britain does tut oh dear isn't he bad oh boris johnson's an idiot oh boris johnson's for oh we've got such bad governorships oh they're all so bad because we don't hold them to account for anything that they do they just resign look at the matt hancock thing 
he could have been arrested for a number of things lying top of the things to mind and you've got people of his own cabinet that said he should have been so and again that doesn't mean <laughs> they're all good people either but so it comes out he's had a little bit of a grope uh, extramaritally or something like that so he just resigns and that's what they do I told you at the time that's what they do oh it looks like they're getting ready to arrest him alright get him in a little bit of a scandal bit of humiliation put him in the stocks and we can throw custard pies at his face and then that will take the anger away and they won't want to arrest you anymore ok then Matt alright then ready to do it yep okie dokie then lovely and then there's no more arrests and that's what happens that's what's happened over the last few years it, well, with corporate contracts it's been going on a lot longer but with the Covid era how much did they disappear with track and trace 37 billion corporations take notice of things like that how much did the British public have taken away from them and they didn't even put up a what all, what, all they did was go on Facebook and go I can't believe we've spent 37 billion on something but they didn't actually do anything no inquiries no arrests we need to get a bit of that action and here you are there's that's your energy bills the Brits are putting up with that lovely jubbly we want a bit of that action that's why your energy bills are going up because we don't do what the French do and we stand up for peacefully and lawfully for our consumer rights we just tut and go along with it so here we are so Klaus Schwab and his penetrated cabinet members have an agenda the Great Reset not a conspiracy theory it's a book <laughs> it's published and you can go and see him do his do all his speeches on, on it and stuff like that and yeah it doesn't matter how many times you call it a conspiracy theory the book still exists and his speeches still exist and what he's talking about and writing about is happening and so this will come in and this will give the corporations cover even though we all know our prices went up beforehand they will just say look and it will be a George Orwell situation we were never at war with East Asia in any year's time all the corporations will come out and go the only reason your bills have gone up was for Vladimir Putin and who knows we'll be going to the situation then when if you try to point out hang on here's the index that said the prices were really massively rising before that they'll probably say oh that's because there was fears of war with Russia so you see how it works they can't actually say to you look we're putting your prices up and we're going to deliberately make we're going to put your prices up a lot well above inflation we know things are hard and we just don't care we want you to be poor because poor people don't protest as much until the, the point that they get really really poor and then they just go on a massive riot but hey that's what the control police state is all about so we're going to starve you and cut off your resources starves a bit strong we're going to cut off your resources make it we're going to restrict your resources via the medium of hyper cost rises and we're going to say that it's all Vladimir Putin's fault while all our share dividends go up massively our profits go up massively oh, did the dividends go up? I don't know their profits go up so you see how it works basically they've gone hang on there we can we can put all our prices up and it so this is the point that people will then but jump off and go well Jim that implies that there's a conspiracy between the corporations and Vladimir Putin I can't see how the British energy companies and Vladimir Putin would have any connections to that I answer do your research go in to look at pipelines of Europe what what's been shut down go and look at Davos you've heard for yourself how Vladimir Putin is you know went to the Klaus Schwab school for young leaders as they call it you know that Vladimir Putin is going to have vested interests in energy company it's Russia after all Russia is full of energy companies so you see how it works there British people had billions taken away from them track and trace and other such schemes and we did nothing so now the corporations have sent they've seen a mark and they're coming to get their 37 billion and they're going to put it in different uh, climate change taxes this that and the other it doesn't matter all that matters is they're going to say anything other than we just don't care about you we want your money and we don't care if you get starved to the point that you kick off in the streets because 
we've got a police state coming to control that as well. And hey, what are you going to do about it? You didn't do anything with track and trace, so that 37 billion went down the drain. Now we're coming after your, you know, then that goes via the magician's trick, doesn't it? The, uh, well, the, it will come out, the taxpayer money will lend that, the banks will lend for us. It's an emergency. You won't have to pay it off. You can pay it tax. So, you know, it's basically just getting you in debt. This one's directly coming out your pay packet. So the stealth one worked. Yeah, we're going to charge you 37 billion. You can pay us next week. What, you got no problem with that? Okay, um, my mate over there is going to charge you today then. <laughs> That's the way it works. And you can call it a conspiracy theory all you like. But at the end of the day, this whatever's happening in Russia, and I'm not going to jump in on whether it's... Um, I usually go by the general rule, whatever the mainstream media is saying is probably false. So that would be my first port of call but my next port of call really is his mates with Klaus Schwab Klaus Schwab's got an agenda and whatever is happening in Ukraine or Russia will further that agenda i.e. increased risk uh, increased prices for the likes of you and I I don't however think that we're in any danger of nuclear war and I don't think this is the start of World War 3 either that's layer 1 layer 2 that part of the world in Russia and Ukraine has been beefed about for centuries. That land has been argued about almost as much as Jerusalem and the Holy Land. All right, go. There are history degrees written on that part of the world and the wars that have been to try and claim that part of it. So that's layer two. This has got a huge history. And layer one looks at that history and goes, how can we poke it with a stick? How can we make that to our advantage? So... Layer three, what's kicked it off this particular time? And for me, the the best answer for that is how I'll... I will see how much we've got time to do, but the, the comedian Jimmy Dawes did a really good breakdown of it, and I'm going to just paraphrase it now. So, um, and again, this goes back centuries, but this particular time it's kicking off now is Ukraine wanted to become part of NATO, and the whole part of NATO is it's against Russia. And this is a very simplistic view, but I'm not, I don't want to spend much time because there's so much other news to, to gather and go through today. So in, in the early part of last decade, George Soros poked his nose in and it's something to do with neo-Nazis. Go and look, because Russia's not my, not my forte, so I'm going to tell you where to look and do your own research. So go and look at this new modern era kicking off with George Soros. Um, sticking his oar in and his funding of it and the neo-Nazis and all that kind of stuff. So that's step one, go and look at that. Step two was, after all of his poking about, he wanted Ukraine to join NATO. Now, George Soros is a professional um, ruiner of countries. Go and look at his background of the black market of England in the 90s. Well, was it Black Monday, was it? not black market black monday you know the stock exchange crash was it early 90s 91 something like that you can see it's like that and you can see him admit to it and all that kind of stuff his whole you know manipulating global economies for his ends and all that kind of stuff and war is a big earner and a big restrictor so you know you want to control an, an economy a war is a good way of doing that so they wanted to join nato which is bordering so put it this way what would happen if Cuba or Mexico joined the Russian Federation and put all of their missiles and other such things right on the Americans' back doors? Well, you get the Cuban Missile Crisis. Ta-da! Of the 60s. You don't know about that. My favourite line about the Cuban Missile Crisis was uh, from The Sopranos, funnily enough. Uh, Chris, the, um, the nephew... They were talking to another character and they were talking about the Cuban Missile Crisis. And Chris said, I saw that film. That was real. <laughs> and that just really summed up for me a lot of people in this world that, that don't really have a great deal of knowledge of history. And um, I think it's really important to understand history because you can often see the same conflicts coming up and up again. And sometimes you can see the same players or the same families of players over the years. The same things over and over again. Bush is being a good example. Prescott Bush funding Hitler and then George Bush's Iraq war. You know, warmongers. 
that kind of warmongering families, that kind of stuff. You can see it throughout the ages, multi-generationally. And then they go into the whole skull and bones and Yale and all their mates and all that kind of stuff and all that they do. And you can go down the rabbit hole that end. But the end idea is, what did you think was going to happen when George Soros went into Putin's back garden? And, um, well, you know, and just to tie that back in with the first point is that I, I've come to the conclusion it's probably more likely to be a pro wrestling match jobby. And, um, but what you can't do in a pro wrestling match in order to sell tickets is you can't go up there and go, right, I'm going to pretend to punch this person in the face and then pull your punch like a good meter away from his head. The crowd are going to go, what? At least make it look real. And this isn't a um, this isn't a knock on any pro wrestlers. I know that um, they they're great athletes that um, their bodies go through a lot of stress and trauma. I'm just saying, I think it's fair to say it's not a real punch, is it? And um, but you want to make it look as real as possible, otherwise people aren't going to buy it. So yeah, that's that's my view on the whole Russia situation, and that's probably as much as I'll cover into it. I might see if I can dig out the uh, Jimmy Doyle Dawes comedian take on it and possibly run out the show with it. But I would definitely recommend you looking in the comment section of the the Spotify thing or Anchor, wherever you get it, and looking at that YouTube video for yourself. Because he does a good breakdown of level three. I just happen to think there's two more levels. Level two, history. Level three, uh, level one, Klaus Schwab. So that's my breakdown of Russia into three different levels on that one. And now here's Tulsi Gabbard's breakdown of the situation of what I would call the the third layer of it, the um, the the 2014, the latest beef. Layer three is the latest beef, or if you're in the conspiracy types, the the punch that isn't a punch, the theatre of war from Hawaii she joins us tonight congressman thanks so much for coming on so i'm just trying to think because i think it's a fair question as an american what's in this for me and my neighbor just so i clarify this is tulsi gabbard the democrat uh, congresswoman being interviewed by tucker carlson than the rest of us and all i'm getting is that we can feel morally satisfied because we hate putin is there something that i'm missing uh no i don't think you're missing anything the reality is that these sanctions don't work, whether they were put in before or now or later. These sanctions don't work. What we do know is that they will increase suffering and hardship for the American people. And this is the whole problem with the Biden administration. They are so focused on how do we punish Putin that they don't care and are not focused on what is actually in the best interests of the American people. So when Biden stands there and, and looks directly into the camera and says, you know, defending freedom will cost us, what he really should be saying is looking directly into the American people's eyes and saying, this will cost you, because these sanctions are not going to cost him or Kamala Harris or the power elite in this right. country, even the power elite in Russia. It is the people who will suffer, the, the American people, the Russian people, people here at home working hard every single day facing those drastically increasing prices at the gas pump, facing increasing costs at the supermarket, impacting our supply chain, the hardships that people are dealing with every day now with Biden's sanctions plan, we're only going to see that continuing to get worse. And it doesn't end there, Tucker. This is the problem is you think Russia's not going to respond. You think Putin's not going to respond. He will exactly. respond. And it's likely he'll retaliate using cyber attacks on our financial systems, our communication systems, uh, on our basic infrastructure. Biden will then be forced to respond. Putin will then be forced to respond. So we end up in this endless tit for tat that leads us where? To, to this looming threat and, and likelihood of this thing going nuclear. And he, again, this is the reality that we all need to understand is true, is that whether it's, it is intentional or unintentional, when you have two great nuclear armed countries at this point of escalation, and then if there is a nuclear attack, 
the power elite, these people are going to go hide in their bunkers. They'll, they'll have their shelter. They'll have their food and water and ev everything that they need. You and I and the American people, we will be left out to deal with the consequences, to suffer and deal with that destruction and death that will come as a result. And yet we're doing this for principle. The people in charge who don't care at all about our founding documents, who violate their spirit and letter every day, are telling us that an essential American principle is at stake. Do you have any idea what that principle might be? That, that therein lies the hypocrisy, Tucker, is they're saying we are doing this in the defense of freedom, in the defense of democracy, but these are the very same people who are working to undermine our own freedoms and our own democracy right here at home. I have a hard time seeing how they actually say these things with a straight face to the American people when they clearly don't care about these principles right here at home. They don't care about defending them. They don't care about the well-being of the American people. I, I think that's all very clear, and I appreciate your saying it as clearly as you did. Tulsi Gabbard, joining us tonight. Thank you very Thank much. You. So there you go, just furthering Klaus Schwab's uh, agenda and uh, other such thing, because, of course, what that would then do is that would then allow government to go, oh, well, we've lapsed all the COVID restrictions. Oh, uh, that was another thing. Did you notice it come a couple of weeks after that? It was like, oh, well, the COVID thing's over. Oh, new emergency crisis for you now. So what that would then do is cyber attacks, which is breakdown of communications. So that is really what you would want to do if you were implementing the Great Reset is stop people pointing out that you were implementing the Great Reset when you were doing it, which could be done wonderfully through cyber attacks. And after that, as a result of it, we need Internet IDs to make certain you're not Russian agents. Anyone that doesn't sign up to the Russian, uh, the, the, the new Internet passport scheme is a Russian agent. Oh, you're, you're a shill. And what's that? That new Internet scheme. Oh, no, it's all about freedom and liberty. But you can only access the websites we want you to access. That kind of stuff, you know. So uh, look out for that kind of stuff. The name of the game is control. And once you get your hand on that, control of speech. How do you do that? Lockdowns in person. Internet IDs. Censorship. Deplatforming. Cancel culture. The name of the game is control. Control of resources. How do you do that? Control prices. And if you can control prices, you can therefore dictate the other, take it out of other disposable income. So you and you can project that. If we put up the prices and the people don't have any more money, where's the money going to come from? Banks, loans. We'll just tie you through to tomorrow. All oh, the prices will come down next year. You've got them then. What happens if they default on the loans? You get their assets. You will own nothing and you will be happy. Do you see how it all fits into the Great Reset agenda? The different moving parts. The name of the game is control. Control everything that you can. All aspects of human behaviour. And if you say to someone, we want to control every aspect of your behaviour, they're going to go, no. But if you go to them, that bad man over there, he's done some bad things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you get that cyber attack? OK, well, what we need now is that new ID. Oh, yeah, I know. I know it takes away your liberties and it takes away your freedoms. But you don't want Vladimir Putin to attack you again, do you? Give them to us. You trust us more than Putin, don't you? And we'll give them all back when it's over. The name of the game is control. Always remember that. So this is uh, Majid Nawaz. And he's talking to Joe Rogan. This comes from uh, Twitter. On his, uh, you see it. Our teams are now embedded in governments around the world. That's actually what they wrote. Yes. And the video is... So he's talking about Klaus Schwab again. I minutes, mean, I didn't play all of it. It's what he says. But what he's saying there sounds reasonable. Yeah. Figuring out on strategic ways to end the lockdown is. easily. No, that makes the, sense. Not the end of lockdown. No, 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 well, no. Didn't he say that? Yeah. Keep in mind, Tony Blair is the one who's been advocating for vaccine passports, digital identification through COVID, and all of these measures. But didn't they say that about ending the lockdowns and keeping businesses? Once those measures are in place. Right. So he's even in the UK, his stance has been, yeah, we're going to get out of it, but you have to have digital ID mm. and you have to have. So, so during and the war, then this is going to introduce the, t the, the social credit score system. Right. So the, what, all of that came from your question, which is, regardless of intention, how do people... How do people do that infiltration from within? It's not just Twitter. So back to the psychological operations. It's also embedding people in government who are subscribed to this agenda. 
Yeah, And the agenda of Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum is the same as the agenda of Tony Blair in this regard. They call it on their own website, they call it the Great Reset. That's what they say themselves. Yeah, that's a bizarre thing to do, to yeah. openly – why do you think they openly discuss it that way? And openly – because the Great Reset has always been this gigantic conspiracy theory yeah, yeah. among the online folks. Yeah. Like this is all part of the Great Reset. Well, when he wrote up Great Reset, you're like, hey, man, shouldn't you be hiding this? And, and, and in 2017 at Harvard, he's saying, you know, we're going to basically all of these world leaders will penetrate their cabinets with our young global leaders. He's open. He's open. Blair's open. During the Iraq war, Blair tried to bring in ID cards in Britain. He failed. Now he's back and he's trying to bring in digital ID during COVID. Right. So they're open about it. So this is going to be this never ending process to slowly move the goalposts towards more and more authoritarianism. Checkpoint society. It's all there. They, you, they how, told us this. We ha people have to realize this. Right. This is important. Yeah. So uh, there you go. I had to cut it out because there was a little bit of a, uh, a swear word in there. I like to keep it clean. Uh, people get offended by uh, rude words. They don't get offended by having their freedoms taken away, but rude words, it's like the old uh, apocalypse now. The horror, the horror. Marlon Brando, you can't write the F word on the side of a napalm bomb because it is obscene. But you can drop that napalm bomb on children, <laughs> just not with the F word on the side. So we're now on to the standard pharmaceutical drugs are polluting rivers worldwide study warns analysis found that a quarter of river sites globally have potentially harmful levels of pharmaceuticals so um the date was 14th of oh, there you go happy valentine's day of this year 14th of february potentially toxic levels of pharmaceutical drugs have been found in a quarter of river locations examined across the world a study found Researchers from around the world surveyed more than a thousand sites on 258 rivers from the Thames in London and other UK waterways to Brazilian Amazon and rivers in major cities such as Delhi, New York and somewhere I can't pronounce. The assessment measured the presence of 61 pharmaceuticals, including some compounds also linked to lifestyles such as caffeine and whether they were above levels they could have an effect on the environment. The study published in the Proceedings of National Academy of Sciences, PNAAS, warns that the pollution of the world's rivers by medicinal chemicals is a global problem. So this is specifically talking about medicinal chemicals here, getting into um, all that sort. Pollution poses a risk to freshwater habitats and wildlife, potentially could contribute to the build-up of antimicrobial resistance and also threatens global goals on water equality and pollution, the research warns. Yeah, that's a good point. Apart from like the obvious stuff of, like, do we want to be medicated in, through the water supply without our knowledge because it's not for meant for us. Apart from that obvious one, there is the problem of, um, what do they call it? The um, MRSA, MRSA, that kind of stuff, where you get these resistant bacterials and all that kind of stuff. That comes from its, I think that particular problem is antibiotics, isn't it? But uh, that would be, um, antibiotics would be a form of medicine. Who knows how it would get into the water supply. But you get what I mean about that. You know, the more you're exposed to these chemicals, the more you can build up a resistance. And sometimes the resistance builds up a resistance to resistance. And then you get MRSA. That kind of stuff. Moving on. From the Daily Mail. Unhappy Valentine's Day. New York City Mayor Eric Adams fires 1,400 government workers who failed to get covid vaccine by deadline, including 36 cops, 25 FDNY workers and 914 education workers. So look for those um, departments to be more overwhelmed than usual. I don't know what their public sector is like, whether they're as cut to the bone in the US as the UK. I know that it's run by the health insurance system. There's a lot more money going around for better and worse and that bankrupts a lot more Americans and all that kind of stuff but yeah 936 NYPD personnel that could probably be covered I would have thought 25 but yeah that could be 940 Department of Education staffers that might be a problem though um, yeah who lost their jobs represent less than 1% of the workforce so what I can gather from that is a lot more people in New York 
Uh, sorry, a lot more people in our NHS said no to the vaccine than they did in New York. And New York looked at that. Again, the name of the game is control. So can we fire all the unvaccinated people in our workforce? Yes. Because it's less than 1%. There won't be the rebels. There won't be the unions uprising. There won't be the... I mean, there may well be... The, that, that's still enough to if they were to do it on some kind of Nuremberg Code-style lawsuit. But again, it's private employees over there for some of them, isn't it? Not like an NHS with unions and stuff. So who knows uh, about that one? But the name of the game is control. Can we fire all the unvaccinated people? Yes, because it's 1% or less. So we can maintain control of the 99%. Excellent, we can do that. Whereas in the UK, what percentage? No, that's too much of us. Uh, a fuss. The British people won't allow that number to be fired. We cannot contain control. So let the mandate go. In Canada, they're even more, you know, that's why they've had to, that's why they've still got the vaccine mandates for the whole sort of country area. You know, the name of the game is control. Stand up to the bully. They don't have control. They will back down, at least temporarily. Bend over for the bully and they will thank you in their own special way as Britain is about to find out when it gets its energy bills in about six months time. Here's another one. I was in two minds about whether to read this one out because it is the Daily Mail and I always look at the, the sources and stuff so I read from the Daily Mail and you know it didn't matter on the last article because I thought the numbers were accurate, it doesn't could you could have replaced Daily Mail with Guardian on that one, but this one does kind of stink at the Daily Mail a bit. Um, but I think it's important to roll out because I'm not, when I'm talking about this, I'm talking about the Daily Mail's like right wing uh, sort of bias and that kind of stuff. Because there's a lot that the people just look at the Daily Mail. I'm not reading that as the Daily Mail. And that's close-minded of them because they're giving out truth and accuracy. But the Daily Mail does have what I would call opinions pieces, and this just this does tickle their this does tickle their box. Parent fury as Brighton Primary School tells students not to say mum and dad and use grown-ups instead to avoid stigmatising non-traditional families. So. Parents at four state primary schools in Brighton are confused by the edict. Equalities policies call for schools to avoid using the term mum and dad. Children and teachers are instead asked to refer to them as grown-ups. So the name of the game is control. If you can control the language, then it does two things. One, the obvious, you can control the language. But two, you can establish a precedent in the youth where the children grow up, where the have it growing up in a system where it is normal for the state to normalise language. So it's not just the normalising of the language, it's the normalising of the normalising of the language. If, you, if I've explained that right, it's, a, it's the first step in forming a habit of the state will tell you what language you can and cannot use. And the state even and, and here's the third part of it. The state can determine what language you can and cannot say, even when it's everyday language. And that, that's what it's all about. Everyday word. Everyone uses the words mum and dad. Everyone knows what the words mean. Right. So if the state can grab a hold of those words, they can grab a hold of anything. So I'm not approaching this from the, the right wing. We can't have that. Everyone must be straight and traditional. I'm not approaching it from that. I'm approaching it from the article. Do you remember where it really annoyed me that they tried to find that the government tried to find the uh, that, that that charge him for his own garden? I'm coming it from that point of view. I don't really care what the words they're attacking are. I don't like the state poking their nose in. Now they were they they are mum and dad, but it wouldn't bother me if they were everyday words that meant something else um, you can't call um, a chip a chip anymore it has to be a french fry or um, you can't call a table a table anymore it has to be four-legged support system something like anything like that so you can for me you can take genders and 
sexual orientations out of it. This is quite simply the state can bugger right off in terms of its control, just like my opinion was for the garden. So, yeah, equalities policies call for schools to avoid. And reason I'm against it is because this will do more harm. We do need equality, but this ain't equality. What we need is equality of law and everyone being treated the same and equal rather than one rule for them, one rule for us. What we don't need is the t everyday language being replaced by the state. So again, please don't think that I'm going off at this from a traditional Daily Mail. They, you know, the gender issue, and which I, I, have, I don't care about at all. It's for me, it's about doesn't matter what the words are. The state has no right to tell us what words we can and cannot say when these words are used as part of our everyday life. And as part, far as the um, discriminating against non-traditional families, I get that. And um, I understand that there might be a few kiddies that... Um, you know, hear the words mum and dad and think, oh, I've only got one of them and they get a bit upset. I understand that point of view. But those children's feelings, while important, are less important than giving power over language arbitrarily to the state. So sorry that those kids will be upset. I understand why you'll be upset. But I think in the long run, it does a lot more harm to let the state have control over what day words you can use, especially when they are everyday words. And it sets a precedent in the kids' minds that the state can say what is and is not acceptable, especially for everyday words. That, yet that everyday word, you now need to think about the state every time you're going to use it. Every time you use that word, the state is brought into it. That's the power of everyday words and the state there. So, yeah, I'm not concerned about this from the traditional, oh, my God, it's the whole gender thing, because I don't care about that. It's the power of the state that concerns me on this one. So I hope I've explained that uh, correctly. Vivek Chaudhry for Mail Online. That was the 18th of February. Head teachers at schools in Brighton have sparked anger from parents by cancelling the words mum and dad, replacing them with grown-ups to avoid discriminating against non-traditional families. Uh, St Luke's Primary School in Brighton states on its websites, we have an equalities language code for staff, e.g. to value all families. We never refer to mums and dads. We instead talk about grown-ups. And of course, they, they can play the um, gender um, sexual orientation card on that as well by saying, well, in Brighton we have... Uh, two, um, two mums and, and two dads. That's probably the way I can sum this up. I have nothing against someone um, having two mums or two dads. What I'm against is the state saying, you've got to call them grown-ups. Call them two mums. Call them two dads. I've got nothing against gay people being parents at all. I don't care about that sort of stuff. Good luck to everybody. I've got no beef with anybody except control freak politicians and I don't care what gender or sexual orientation you are don't control my speech um, or colour you are or um, you know I don't care any about that stuff I care about have you met with Klaus Schwab <laughs> that's what concerns me right so there are other things old uh, Bill Gates ran all those event 201s and the MERS and the Spurs all that kind of stuff so he had quite a good idea that COVID was coming, by the sounds of it. So I thought it would be worth reading this one out as well. February the 18th, 2022. CNBC. Bill Gates said COVID risks have dramatically reduced, but another pandemic is coming. <laughs> How does he know? You know, it doesn't say, you know, pandemic could occur. He says it's coming. Bill Gates told, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Speaking at Germany's annual Munich Security Conference, Gates said that a potential new pandemic would likely stem from a different pathogen. Advances in medical technology could cut vaccine production times to six months, Gates said. So don't worry, there'll be another pandemic, but 
there'll be another vaccine because the vaccine ended this pandemic so effectively, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, by the way, Bill Gates has uh, gone to old Klaus Schwab's school as well, I do believe. Go and check that in for yourself. So, yeah, if you ever you wanted to know, if you were there going, well, I'm not really into conspiracies, but man, this stuff all sounds bad and my energy bill's just gone up like tripled and... Um, I'm just smelling rats left, right and centre and that whole COVID thing. Just If you're one of those people, if I could explain it simply, imagine, I mean, there are a rabbit hole to go right down, but the top of the rabbit hole looks something like this. Have you seen James Bond with Spectre, the original ones with, I think they rebooted it with Daniel Craig as well, isn't they? But yeah, I'm, I'm, I haven't watched all the Daniel Craig ones, but I do remember the old Sean Connery ones. To cut a long story short, Spectre is this organisation and it has agents in every country. So, But it has no country of its own. Its main goal is to control the world. Um, and when it needs to be a pretend to stick up for British values, it will do that. When it sticks up for Russian values, it sticks up for that. When it wants to stick up for American values, it will use its American opportunity. Do you know what I mean? You get the idea of it. And much easier to control a population if they're at war with each other. And this can come in a variety of forms. All-out war, Iraq, Ukraine. Well, I don't know if Ukraine is all-out war yet. Um, all the way through to proxy wars, Vietnam. All the way through to politicians of both parties pretending to argue over certain points. But when they both come together on something, that's when you know the their paymasters are doing so. So we argue like cat and dog and everything. But on this one issue, we are united. Well, you know that that one issue is going to cost the taxpayer a lot of money. Next up, it's Jean-Luc Brunel. I remember watching a documentary. I might butcher his name, and so I apologise, but... Back in the days when I used to watch mainstream television, was it someone like, I think his name was Donald McIntyre or something? He used to do some good investigatory work for the BBC, I believe. And I believe he investigated this guy, and I can't remember, because it was a while ago, whether he wasn't allowed to put the programme out or whatever happened. But I do remember watching this documentary later on somewhere, about this particular bloke. So if ever you can find it, Donald McIntyre, Jean-Luc Brunel, have a look to see if you can find the documentary. I don't know if it even still exists or it's been pulled or anything like that, but have a look at that. because, um, And then go and have a look at what happened to that documentary and um, what McIntyre said happened to the interview and that kind of stuff. So that will give you a good idea of where to start on this issue. But the, and we, were, we only really finished out reading out last week that I can't remember whether I read it out on this show or whether it was the cruise episode I did with uh, Craig Campbell. Oh, by the way, uh, we had technical issues with that, so that isn't going to be coming out for uh, like we thought. <laughs> but there you go. That's that's why I do Beyond the News audio. Just real simple. Um, well, one of two reasons. I wouldn't know how to do it, but the lower the tech the easier it is to get it from start to finish and put it out into the public thing. But of course, the lower the tech, less people listen. But it's better to have something that you're proud of than, and that's out there that 10 people listen to than a load of crap that a 1,000 people think is awful. So here we are. We, we were no... I'd only just finished reading out about the fact that they just looked, you know, the Epstein guards and the CCT footage, that all got buried away on New Year's Eve the 30th of December, didn't it? And, um, or the day before New Year's Eve. Uh, so uh, that's been... the <laughs> That little Epstein bundle has been neatly tucked under the rug. Next bundle time. John Luke Brunel, held on suspicion of supplying girls to Epstein, found hanged. Kim Wilshire in Paris. Saturday 19th of February. Former model agency boss accused of rape and suspected of trafficking minors has died in prison. The former boss of French model agency accused of rape and under investigation on suspicion of supplying underage girls to the late American financier Jeffrey Epstein has been found dead in prison. 
The body of John Luke Riddell, 75, was reportedly found hanging in his cell in the early hours of Saturday. The French prosecutor's office confirmed the report and said an inquiry had been opened into the exact cause of death, but early indications pointed to suicide. What are the odds? So Brunel was arrested in December 2020 at Charles de Gaulle Airport before boarding a plane for Dakar and Senegal where he told police he was going on holiday. He was officially put under investigation on allegations of the accused rape of a minor and sexual harassment shortly after his arrest and was put under a second investigation for the rape of a minor in June last year. Investigators also had questioned Brunel on suspicion of human trafficking of underage girls for sexual exploitation. Anyway, to cut a very long story short, my prediction would be that Ghislaine Maxwell would burn a few key people who she was told to burn. And the people running the paedophile wing will use that as blackmail. Do as we say or we'll make certain Max you're on the list of names Maxwell burns. You know, that kind of thing. So they're actually going to use this as an advantage, this situation. That's my belief. When If it was going, oh, the, the paedophile wing's going to come down with Maxwell. No, the paedophile ring is regrouping and reforming and re-strengthening and uh, turning all of this to its advantage, in my opinion. And it will continue to do so because we allow them to do so. We allowed all the cameras in the Carl Rittenhouse trial and we allowed all the cameras to not be allowed in the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. We allowed the secret to be kept. The secret will be kept. We are getting what we deserve. And part of that is my own personal belief. It's speculation that Maxwell will burn people she's told to burn which will be a few key people they'll, they'll yeah they'll use this for a little while to get things done and then when the world quietens down Ghislaine Maxwell will name a few key scapegoats and it will be done now in order to do that you would want only one side of the story well I remember seeing this uh, the the meme that the, you know the three key people in this uh, child trafficking triangle were Maxwell Epstein and Brunel and the meme is them on a plane and everything like that. So they were all, you know, they were pally-pally. But the main operators of this, I do believe there were people above them, but the operators, the day-to-day -day rank and file that put this ring together were those three. And now, with the other two dead, the one remaining voice will have no dissenting voices when she swears blindly that that's all there is. No, 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 there's only those two in the, the book. They were my only clients. There will be no dissenting voice now, will there? So that fits in. That pretty much fits into my prediction of what I saw coming. And I don't think anything's going to happen to Maxwell. I think she'll be kept around for years to come, actually, to be rolled out every time. She says uh, he was part of the conspiracy, or he doesn't. The arbiter of uh, truth she will be on the whole Epstein thing now. And when they need to drag Epstein into it, she will be used. She, she won't be punished. She will be kept. She will be kept in a prison cell to sing like a canary when she needs to sing. Um, she will dob in those that need to be dobbed, and hell, I mean, why not? You could even say to someone, "Well, we know you had nothing to do with Epstein, but with Maxwell in prison, all we have to do is get her to say that you are, or we'll make certain she's suicided." She, you've now got in the one of the biggest. Um, trials and issues of all time you have now got the sole survivor to be the sole arbiter of truth on your beck and call scared for her life because you know in they know now that she she can be got to in prison so for the rest of her life I think that's what the deal was all about and every now and then they're going to come to her and I don't think even there'll be any threat of suicide anymore Maxwell we need you to bury this person just say he was friends with Epstein yep no problem done and I, I don't think she'll have any problem doing that. But if ever she did, they will just remind her of the two articles of Epstein and Brunel. And then she's not going to have a problem anymore. So that's my prediction. Maxwell is not going to die in prison. She's going to live a very long life. And she's going to be a very effective um, lie teller for this ring now, this paedophile ring. So that's my prediction for that. There were articles that I, I had to check the date on this and it was February the 15th of this year because I remember on BT, uh, BTN before, I can't even remember, 
was one of the other 76 podcasts I've done where they said another person was cured of HIV for the first time. So, and it's again with different cancer cures and all that kind of stuff. Hey, we got a new cure and you never hear of it again. And it's, hey, we've got a cure for AIDS. And six months later, hey, we've got a cure for AIDS. And I'm sitting there thinking, is this deja vu? Because I could have sworn I read this something out before, but it's not. 15th of February from NBC News. Scientists have possibly cured HIV in a woman for the first time. Following a cutting-edge treatment four years ago, the New York patient is now off HIV medication and remains asymptomatic and healthy, researchers say. That's by Benjamin Ryan. Now then, um, there is a real conspiracy stuff around this. Now, AIDS coming out of the blue and then getting all that fun, it does smell of conspiracy to me. But I don't know enough about it. But what I would say is there's a documentary that you can watch called Fauci's First Fraud. Something along those lines. You're not going to find it on YouTube. It's um, going to be a rumble or bit shoot job, I would have thought. And have a look at that. And it makes some pretty far-fetched claims that I'm not saying I concur with. But if you want an alternative version, an alternative media view of AIDS that's a good documentary I'm not endorsing it as something I believe I'm endorsing it as an alternative point of view that has some interesting points that you should check out for yourself and make up your own mind on because I'm not saying I believe what I saw in that documentary and I researched it and I had a look and there's but there's some good points they've made some interesting points so this is from the Guardian now and this is 16th of February 2022 we've had a run on champagne biggest UK banker bonuses since financial crash bumper payouts are kicking the teeth for everyone else suffering with the cost of living crisis say critics um, now I always say we get what we deserve don't we now I'm not suggesting that we all go down to where they drink and mug them I'm not suggesting that at all um, I'm suggesting that you look into um, how money's created, how it can be relent the, with the um, Glass-Steagall Act that Clinton got rid of in the 90s. I want you to have a look at what happened to inflation on properties and, well, inflation in general, really, after the Glass-Steagall Act, the effect it had, um, and see the sort of world that we're in. Um, but also do remember that that was... Um, all those banker bonuses were paid. Uh, the bankers were kept alive through um, bailouts. And we had the Icelandic option and we didn't go for it because the media said it would be the end of the financial world. Well, go and ask yourself. Who, who are the media's advertisers? Oh, banks and pharmaceuticals. Oh, right. Who invests in the pharmaceuticals? The banks. Basically, it all comes down to the banks, the banks, the banks. If you've got media controlled by the banks, you've got politicians controlled by the banks, um, then the bankers are going to make their money, aren't they? If you allow those politicians to remain. So just before we come to the final articles, just wanted to have a laugh at the Canadian uh, system where so a lot's happened in a week. They invoked the Emergency Powers Act and said we're not just going to go for the money uh, uh, of the truckers, but the, look into who funded them and all that kind of stuff. And he invoked all of that, and politicians said, yeah, if you support these people, you should be afraid. And within two days, it all come down, because I realize, I think that woke the Canadian people. What? This is proper tyranny. Like, the, the truckers are right. So this was just a massive backfiring from Klaus Schwab's little puppet. And also, when um, there was a Canadian... MP, I believe, you can look this into, and he brought up in the Canadian Houses of Parliament that Klaus Schwab said, I have penetrated the Canadian cabinet named Trudeau by name. And he was just cut off. So I think that woke a lot of people up. So my point is, Trudeau's still in power. He invoked fascism and had to revoke it after two days, which tells me that, um, you know, these New World Order types they never like to lose face and they never like to back down. So to do it within 48 hours, he must have seen 
a massive backlash both in, in uh, well that's what from the videos that were going around it sparked protests about the um the well articles like this so it's from 21st of february Outrages Canadian single mum on minimum wages, bank account frozen for donating £50 to Freedom Convoy. Trudeau is blasted for draconian law that would never have been imposed on BLM. Oh, of course, this is the guy that black that took, he did blackface up as well, but he also took the knee for Black Lives Matter when they were all burning stuff. So the hypocrisy is there. Authorities say 206 bank accounts have been frozen under the power granted by Federal Emergencies Act. Anyway, to cut a long story short, this sparked protests about this issue that you shouldn't have the power to freeze bank accounts for a political belief. So he turned one protest in one city into loads of two protests in multiple cities. Um, so this was just a massive backfire and um, good on the Canadian people. That, that, that was the... that He still hasn't backed down on any of the mandates, but this was what I, I think a step too far. And then for him having to cut out that uh, cut out briefly the canadian mp for calling him out for being owned by Klaus schwab been a bad week for trudeau he's still clinging on by his power though we'll see what happens the ottawa protests the movement's last major stronghold appeared to be largely over by sunday fencing and police checkpoints remained so we shall see what has happened on that because yeah when this draconian power came in a lot of the truckers did fold and capitulate so it's a double-edged sword, this one. The emergency powers did get rid of the um, a lot of the truckers, but it didn't get rid of all of them, and it massively woke up a load of Canadians that, well, he did what? So it's articles like that. Here's a weird one for you. Just something that's strange. Sort of a little bit more light-hearted, potentially, really, as we come to end the, the show on. The uh, the Jimmy Dawes thing will be in the comment section. I do recommend you watch it on Russia. I don't endorse and agree everything that's said on there, but I think it's a good alternative. If you want an alternative view to the mainstream media, I think Jimmy Dawes is a good place to start for this Russia thing. So, really on, the alien voice hoax that became a legend. 40 years ago, a TV broadcast was taken over by what claimed to be an alien intelligence. The mystery has never been solved. Wednesday, the 22nd of November. I'd never known about this until a few days ago. And um, I'm not saying that I think for a second an alien took it over. But this has got like, um, this This smells of um, practical joke or uh, government experiment to me. And I lean towards the latter simply because they did actually hack into a television station in 1977. which And not been traced ever since which shows me some good tech knowledge, but I don't think it's alien knowledge. I think it was probably part of some government experiment. You'll probably see in about 50 years that this would be declassified and they were trying to, what? let's see what happens, anything like that. But anyway, I have listened to the recording. It does sound like, um, it does sound, well, for starters, it sounds like a British accent. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> all the aliens British, I'm not sure. I don't know, maybe he's using the... Uh, Mark Zuckerberg's meta voice translator that he announced this week he wants to create. Oh, I don't know. But anyway, my view on that, it's weird. Um, it is interesting, but the fact that it took some technical knowledge to get away with it and stay gotten away with. Uh, and I just thought it was just something weird I wanted to point out. It's something a little bit more lighthearted to go near the show with. Um, Carl Rittenhouse says he will sue Whippy Goldbergs and other celebrities, politicians and athletes for calling him a murderer after he was acquitted of killing two men during... Kenosha protest not just that but the way the media covered his trial um, I think there's a lot he can sue for and I said so at the time so I said uh, a few months ago look for Carl Rittenhouse to start suing the media because the coverage was so terrible and you just can't do that in the middle of a trial and here it is 22nd of December by James Gordon there's another one of my little predictions coming accurate there on that one good luck to him I saw um, what they said about him and it was horrible so um yeah, I'll just finish off the last 10 seconds with the Jimmy Dore show. <laughs> so I'll put the clip in it. But do listen to it yourself. The clip's about sort of 37 minutes long, and I think it's worth listening to. Uh, do check us out at Beyond the News, on Beyond the News, Jim, on Telegram. Thanks. We're here to talk about the Ukraine, and I just want to start off with this. Uh, this was 
I saw this on the Twitters. It says uh, this is a guy named uh, Malinowski. Tom Malinowski. Yeah. He's a diplomat father. So it's more important to him to be a diplomat than a father, which I think is that. <laughs> and there you go. That's it. Go and look out. Go and listen to the whole 37 minutes yourself. I had planned to give it a bit more time, but I failed.